Where is your favorite place to celebrate Christmas? I think for a lot of people, they just want to celebrate it at home. And maybe you have some fond memories of celebrating Christmas at home, whether, whether that be your childhood home or maybe your current home. There's really no place like home for the holidays. In fact, there's even a song that says, I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. Well, with home being such a special place for Christmas, we have a series of messages planned for December that take us to the home for Christmas that is Christ's home. We're going to look at some of the places, some of the homes he was at in that time we call Christmas. So today we're going to start with the very first place that was his home. Now, you may be thinking, oh, well, that's Bethlehem. No, it's Nazareth. Nazareth was Jesus' first home for Christmas because that was the home of his parents, Joseph and Mary. The angel came to Mary at Nazareth and told her now she would conceive from the Holy Spirit and that this would be the Son of God. So Jesus' incarnation, his coming into the flesh, his coming into this world, happened in Nazareth. And then we're going to be reminded from Matthew that this is where he grew up. Matthew tells us, and he, that is Joseph, went and lived in a town called Nazareth, and so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he, that is Jesus, would be called a Nazarene. So this morning, let's go to that home of Jesus in Nazareth. And as we do so, we're going to see that there's really another home, another point of, of focus there in Nazareth, and that is the Word of God. Now, as we get going in our message today, I want to ask you this. Are you getting your home ready for Christmas? No doubt you have seen how Christmas trees are up for sale already and you have seen people buying them. Perhaps you've already started decorating your home. Maybe you've started doing some other things too, like shopping, and maybe you've got an early start on some of that holiday baking. A lot of different things we do to get ready because we can see that date on the calendar, right? We know that Christmas is just four weeks away, and so we can count down the days and be ready. But it wasn't that way for the people of Nazareth. They didn't have a calendar that had the day of Jesus' birth circled for them. So what was life like there? Well, let's go back to Nazareth and see what kind of a, a hometown that it was. So let's start with a little bit of a background on the town that we learn from history and from archaeology. First of all, the location of Nazareth. Nazareth is in the northern part of Israel. You see where Bethlehem is there in the, the center of the map, the southern section of Israel. But it was up in that region called Galilee that Nazareth was located, and that's where Mary and Joseph lived. Now, the town of Nazareth itself was quite small, nestled away in some hills. They estimate that the population of Nazareth around Jesus' birth was just a little over 100 people. So maybe about what we have gathered here this morning. Not very big, is it? 
Now, one of the places that drew a lot of attention or was prominent in the city of Nazareth was this, their synagogue. It was located on one of the higher hills or, or knolls in the town, a place of prominence. Here is where they would gather. That's what synagogue meant, a place of gathering. Here they would gather to hear God's word on the Sabbath day. But the town of Nazareth itself was largely made up of farmers. Yet when you entered the town, there would be a number of shops in their marketplace, their, their mall, because there were also some specialized craftsmen there, a potter, a weaver, a dyer, and of course, the carpenter, Joseph, and then his son, Jesus. Now, we might wonder, why was that a place for Jesus to be born? It sounds like a nice place, right? Sounds like a quiet little town, sort of like Mayberry. For those of you uh, young people who don't know what Mayberry is, Google it when you get home. So this quiet little town, right? A nice, safe place for the Son of God to grow up. Is that why he was there? Well, you heard what Matthew said before in that passage, that he grew up there because this was fulfillment of the prophecies. Yet if you look back into the Old Testament prophecies, there is not one that says anything about Jesus growing up in Nazareth. In fact, the word Nazareth isn't even found in the Old Testament. So what was Matthew talking about? Matthew liked to quote a lot of Old Testament prophecies in his gospel record. But did he make a mistake? Not at all, of course, because he's writing the words that the Holy Spirit gave him to write. But what prophecy is he referring to? Well, here you have to understand what the word Nazareth means. It comes from a Hebrew word, Nazar, which meant branch. And there were a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament that referred to Jesus as being a branch growing from the root of, of Jesse, from the root of David, and that he would be a branch of righteousness. So it was fitting that Jesus grew up in the town called Branches because he would be the branch. So a nice little town, huh? Maybe so. But as we look a little bit closer at Nazareth, we'll see it's a, it's a town, a home that had some problems. It had what we might say was um, perhaps a bad reputation. Fast forwarding in time, we go to the time when Jesus, about 30 years old, is starting his ministry, and he's calling men to follow him as his disciples. One of them was named Philip. And Philip, so excited that he found the Messiah, tells Nathaniel and says, we found the Messiah. It's Jesus from Nazareth. And, and Nathaniel's response is, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, he wasn't saying that just because it was a nice little sweet little town. But because the town apparently had, and that region apparently had some kind of bad reputation, that this was not a good area, that the people that came from there maybe could not be trusted. In fact, there was a little bit of a scandal connected with the birth of Jesus that even Joseph himself was aware of. You remember, Joseph is engaged to Mary. 
and then he finds out that Mary is pregnant, he thinks Mary's been unfaithful, that she's been fooling around. And so the scriptures tell us that he was ready to break the engagement, to divorce her because she had been unfaithful. But an angel came to Joseph with a different message. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a message. Really? Could you believe that? Joseph did. And so when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. The power of the word to overcome that reputation. Now we know that Jesus would then grow up in Nazareth as his hometown. Luke tells us this, when Joseph and Mary, after the birth of Jesus, had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Wow, the perfect kid, the perfect child. There he is growing up in Nazareth. Now, the Bible doesn't say anything about this, but I wonder what it was like to grow up as the perfect kid on the block. I wonder if some of the other kids said, oh, yeah, there's Jesus, the goody-goody, you know. <laughs> Everybody likes him. He's the teacher's pet because he has all the right answers. doesn't say that, but you have to wonder if maybe that wasn't some of the criticism of that town, why Nathaniel said, can anything good come from there? In fact, when Jesus is older and returns there to preach, he notes to the people that they aren't going to accept him. Listen to what he says and listen to what they would do. Truly, I tell you, Jesus continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up and they drove him out of the town. And they took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Tough crowd. A home, perhaps, with a problem. What is our hometown known for? Silicon Valley. Technology, computers, innovation. But perhaps a more important question is this. What is your own home known for? What is your home, your family, say to others? You know, with it being Christmas time, now we see a lot of decorations going on around houses, and you can tell those houses that really have the Christmas spirit, right? Big light displays and everything else. Is your house like that? Do they say, wow, there's a, there's a place that's got a lot of Christmas spirit. What does it say? Just happiness and joy? Or will it say a little more? Let me give you a sample. Out in the entryway... We have some stacks of these signs, yard signs, advertising our live nativity. Like last year, we're encouraging people to take them and to take the stakes along with it and stick it out in your yard. Let people know 
hey, I want you to go to the live nativity because I believe that's what Christmas is about. By the way, these signs do a great job of advertising. We had several people come last year to the nativity because they saw the signs. In fact, one stuck around, is now a member of the church. But what is your Christmas celebration? What does your home say to people? And what about when we're done with Christmas? What does your home say to people? Oh, yeah, that's that nice, quiet family. That's that helpful guy. That's the ones who always wave to us. Is that what they see? Do they see that you get up on Sunday morning and go to church, go regularly? They're leaving, they're going somewhere. Maybe they're going to church. But don't be like the people of Nazareth who were very good about going to church on the Sabbath day, but the rest of the week, apparently, they didn't have a good reputation. Let the word that you hear sink into and work into your life. Show that you have a love for Jesus and a love for his word. Like Mary and Joseph, hear that message, trust it, and obey what the Lord commands you to do. Now, Nazareth may have had some problems, but they also had a promise. Remember the words that we just heard a few minutes ago from Isaiah chapter 9? He referred to the area Galilee. And he said something great was going to happen. Let's listen to that word again. Isaiah says, Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. That was the name of the region before it became Galilee. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. For the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Isaiah is telling them something great is going to happen. You see, they knew what their past was like. They knew that they had lived in darkness, that they had wandered away from God, wandered away from the truth. We're living now in the darkness of unbelief and sin. But God says something great is going to happen. There's going to be a change, a big change. A light is going to shine on these people. Well, what's going to happen with the change? Isaiah goes on. You, meaning God, have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. God is telling them the change was going to happen in their own lives, that burdens and distress would be taken away. It would be a time of great rejoicing, a time of victory. Now, how would all of that come to be? Because as Isaiah goes on with his promise, Someone great is going to come and do this. And then he says, For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government, that is the ruling of the world, will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Someone great was going to come. A child who is God. Isaiah was simply giving them a promise that great things would happen in their life. There would be a great change that God himself would come and relieve them of their misery and despair and give them hope and life. But Nazareth had a problem. Nazareth didn't hold on to those words. Nazareth didn't remember what they were told. Now, okay, it had been 700 years since that message was given and apparently was not repeated too often. I mean, after 700 years, can you really remember those things? I can't remember when my wife tells me something two minutes after she's told me. Okay, one minute after she's told me. We easily forget what we're told. And if we don't see things happen connecting with it, it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, we're in a time of year when it's really busy. <laughs> a lot of things going on, right? A lot of things for us to do. I, I, I like this time of the year, and I, and I hear all these different activities that are going on. I'm thinking, oh, man, it'd be great to go do that. It'd be great to do this and all that. And I don't get to do much of it at all because I'm very busy here. And that's not a complaint because this is a great busyness. I'm focused on the very important thing of this season, all about our Savior. You see, the promise that he gave Nazareth is a promise for us too. God has done great things for us. Let's not forget. Let's not get distracted by all the other things that are going on. I know that in a couple of weeks, there's a great movie debut coming, right? The new Star Wars movie. You even go into the sto toy stores, right? And there they have all these toys for kids that are Star Wars related. But well, we have a great movie debut that's going on here, too. One that I hope your home will be focused on. That movie I talked about earlier, My Son, My Savior. I'm going to show it in three segments on those three Thursdays in the next three weeks. I invite you to come. Come and spend a half an hour here, watch part of that movie, sing some songs, hear God's word, and just keep that focus right during the season. And I can guarantee there's not going to be any long lines out the door. You won't have to stand in the cold. It'll be easy to find the seat. And best of all, I know you won't be disappointed. Put the promise of God in your heart. And you won't be disappointed. Make that your home for Christmas. Along with that promise comes the prophet the one to whom the promise referred. I wonder what it was like for Jesus when he went back to Nazareth, now that he started his ministry. He's walking along those streets where he had played as a kid. He sees those areas where he had been working and was with his family or with his friends. Now he comes as the great prophet. And the people are excited because they hear the Spirit of the Lord was on him and great things were being done, maybe referring to some of his miracles. He comes, and as is his custom, he goes to the synagogue 
to hear God's word. And now, the good kid who's turned out great, they want to hear from him. So let's hear the special message he has for Nazareth. When Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus had a special message. He's the one the prophet had promised. He's the one whom God has poured his spirit upon. He's the one who has come to proclaim freedom and healing and release and joy. He was telling them about their salvation, about our salvation. The words of Jesus are for us to hear. He's come to heal us of our sins. He heals us by giving us that salve of his righteousness to replace our sins. He has come to, to break the, the chains that bind us to a curse of imprisonment in hell because he suffered the penalty for us. He came to give us life through his own resurrection. Jesus came for our salvation, and he wants us to hear it. Will you hear it this season? A lot of things we're going to hear about going on. Here's what Christmas is. Let's remember this as the most important thing. Here is what Christmas is, our Savior. Jesus grew up in Nazareth, but they didn't want him anymore. Will Jesus grow up and find a place in your home? And what home will you celebrate Christmas in? Celebrated in a home where there's a lot of joy, certainty, hope, truth, life, right there in his word. Like Mary and Joseph. Hear that word. Trust it and obey it in service to him. That's home for Christmas. Amen.